0: Alright folks, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, dogs and cats, welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. We have got a relatively speaking live episode of the podcast here from the outside of the PGA Merchandise Show here in sunny Orlando, Florida. It is cloudy today and um, looks like it's a good chance of rain. Uh, it was just raining and I'm sitting on a concrete um, sort of... It's not even a wall, really. It's, it's more of a concrete barrier to a wonderfully tropical uh, set of trees. You can hear the rolling suitcase of a gentleman getting off of his rideshare, going into the PGA show to hopefully get rich and famous in the golf industry. And I'm here to tell you my story. <laughs> you can hear my lanyard. I'm going to take that off. Got my lanyard on. I, um, I'm i I'm, I'm doing this episode with no headphones, so if the audio quality is shit. Uh, you know, don't need to send me a DM because I'm pretty much a, well. I won't. I'm not aware of it because I don't have any headphones. But uh, I am here early this morning. It's seven a.m. Got up at the old uh, the old six a.m. alarm. Alarm went off. Beautiful. Another man with a rolling suitcase. I see in the distance, just heading into the PGA show, is though he's being lifted up into heaven, the heaven of golf. Even of golf commerce, that is. No one's playing golf inside. And I think a lot of the people inside don't play golf. But you know, there's all golfers here, and that's really the best part of the PGA show. Anyway, I'm really early for um, the another episode of uh the Eric Anders Lang Show where I'm gonna introduce a very interesting man, and I will get to that later. But anyway, his name is Trent Jones, and he is the uh the son of Robert Trent Jones the second and the grandson, as you may be able to deduce, of Robert Trent Jones the first, which I don't think you need to say (coughs) if he's just the first, but anyway, I'm very early to meet Trent, so I figured I'd just pop out the mic and, uh, get rolling in this, so you have to look forward to that, he's a really brilliant man, but I'll leave that for that episode, um, anyway, I just wanted to kind of catch up with y'all and let you know how it's been going, grandma's very interested in everything that's been happening, and, uh, the, uh, the weather outside the weather outside is really pleasant. And um you know, I think the reason why I'm I'm here doing this is because a lot of you I met this week at the PGA show. And um those of you that came up and said you watched the show or well listened to it rather, um, you know, again I, I uh I just I just was inspired to uh to to do more of it because, you know, like like anyone out there who's, you know, Putting their life on the line <laughs> on tape <laughs> whether it's audio or video you know for some reason we wound up doing it for you and I did not never plan to do this I think I say that all the time but um, you know I feel very grateful and very lucky to have this little zoom recorder and this little microphone right by this tropical bouquet of uh looks like there's some birds of paradise, some of the plants I recognize. Actually I have no idea what a birds of paradise looks like. A bird of paradise is probably the most beautiful plant that's ever been planted. Thank you. Thank you, God. Um the week started off with um with the party and I want to tell the story about going into the uh Vineyard Vines party. My friends over at Vineyard Vines. Uh such a great family and team up there in Connecticut. Invited me and my old business partner, Evan Roosevelt, to their party. Hosted by none other than a friend of golf, Jim Nance. Jim Nance began commentating at an early age. He was curious about the world, specifically sport. He wasn't going to become an athlete himself, but instead he would become a friend of the athlete. The voice of the athlete, if you will. And he would detail in excruciating and poetic detail. I use that word twice for effect. The happenings of the sporting event of the day, and in the end he would become Mr. Masters, a voice we look forward to hearing all week long, that early weekend in April, to mark the beginning of the golf season, where golfers across the world crack open their icy casing, and thaw out their winter boots and exchange them for loafers and Adidas Crossnet Ultra Boost Tor 360s. They order a sleeve of ice balls from Munich, Germany. And they put on their wonderfully crisp new leather glove made out of some type of animal product that I don't want to tell you about. But if you Google it, you can find out the strange origin of of the golf club. And they pick up their tailor-made clubs with fresh, clean grips because they've soaped them up the night before in the tub and cleaned out the grooves with their brothers' or sisters' toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> that would be dark. <laughs> anyway, Jim Nance got to got to have a night with the Vineyard Vines party. And, and really, you know, I took a photo of it. Put it on Instagram. i get a coffee. Hang on. Started doing the uh, Starbucks uh, mobile order, so now I just go through and I'm like Mister Incredible. I walk into the Starbucks and I'm out eight seconds later with a coffee and a sandwich. Um. So, uh, so anyway, we're at this party and we're, we're yucking it up. We're having a great time. We're with all of the buyers. Good so, morning. How are you? Some gentlemen in black just walked by. They look pretty important. I'm gonna hope that they uh, hope they don't stop me from recording this. Okay, looks like we're good. And um and uh anyway, so we're so we're yucking it up with all the buyers from all the uh prominent um clubs there that Vineyard Vine sells to. The PGA show is basically uh has been going on since the early nineties and all of the golf companies that uh desire to sell to pro shops come out here and some of them to win their business and others to merely um expand upon their current business. So you'll see a company like Jones Golf Bags comes down and they put all of their golf bags on display and then all of the golf shops that have Jones in their shop will come in and order bags and shoe bags and dop kits and backpacks and laptop cases, all sorts of great Jones products to put your things in. Jones is a company that makes things to put things in. That should be their new tagline. I'm going to talk to them about that today. Um, but... You know they order the they order the merch the merchandise show they order it and then in some cases they'll come in and be curious about it the the, the head pro of um uh, uh, oh goodness I'm forgetting the name of the course uh the head pro of Bushwood the head pro of Bushwood who wasn't really a character in the film now that I think about it from Caddyshack will come in and order maybe see Jones on the wall and say you know maybe I want Jones in my shop maybe my members would like to buy Jones maybe we can give them a free bowl of soup with that. Beautiful, handmade, American, traditional golf bag. You know, the owner of Jones was a cab driver, right? Okay, great. We're going to move on from that. You could watch the video. We'll tell you about it. Anyway, um, they come in and maybe they win their business. Winning their business. So anyway, we're in this little party here in uh, Del Frisco's Steakhouse where they served me perhaps one of the best steaks I've had in the last couple weeks. It was well, well cooked. Medium, medium well. Medium rare. Um and uh we we were there and kind of talking to all these people and, and to my absolute surprise, I was welcomed as a member of the community. Random Golf Club indeed had a place at the table. And I was very grateful and, and stunned at uh, at that. And and anyway, as I as I got up to go to the bathroom after um after some time, Jim Nance had addressed the crowd and told a story about caddying for Jack when he was a kid, and you know all of this, all of this great storytelling going on, and looking at the Vineyard Vines products, which you know obviously are, you know, uh, as American as can be, American as can be. I mean, you get a Vineyard Vines vest, and might as well be your, uh, might as well be your uh, immigration document. You come into the United States, pick up a Vineyard Vines shirt that's actually not the right accent it's more nantucket cape cod salmon pants jfk um but i do like i do like uh i do like that vibe um so anyway jim's done his talking and he sits back down and we're all kind of milling about and so i walk out to go to the bathroom and i the only way to get out to go to the bathroom is by the head of all of these tables probably 30 tables in this room and um the only way out is to pass Jim Nance. He's the, he's the proverbial gatekeeper. And I'd met Jim Nance a couple of years ago at the Masters at uh, at a wheels-up party. I'm sorry, NetJets. Very different. And I remember Jim Nance announced that evening, and he said, Hello, friends. Welcome to a very special evening with NetJets. And I was just like, I think he just made $500 million, because that was so intense that even I got chills. So I did go up to him that night, and I said, Jim, I hate to bother you. I'd really love to have a photo. And he said, oh, of course not. What's your name? I said, my name's Eric. And he said, Eric, I'd love to take a photo with you. And I said, Jim, you know, it's also a big, big week for me because I really wanted to meet you. And I also won the lottery today. This is Friday. I won the lottery today, and I'm going to go play Augusta on Monday. And he just completely exploded into a candle of enjoyment and happiness and and sort of, uh, excitement, even gratitude with me. He shared the gratitude that I had for the golf gods bestowing on me a great and tremendous gift. And he said to me, first thing he said was, did you bring your clubs? (laughs) He knew exactly where I was at. He knew exactly what the story was about at that point, which was, did I have my sticks to tee off on number one? Talked a bit, we got a great photo, and I felt, I felt just very excited about that opportunity. And um, anyway, so as I'm walking by Jim Nance, you know, this week, almost two years later, he goes, uh, he he literally jumps up out of his chair mid conversation with some very important and prominent golf people, guys behind the guys, and he says to me, Eric really big fan of all that you're doing and i mean i was so taken aback i almost instantaneously exploded and completely disappeared with excitement i was going to say i almost had items come out of my mouth and another area like it was just immediate just dispersal of interior product from my body i mean it was so incredible like and and again he lit the candle Light the candle. <laughs> I love that one. When you're on the T box, light the candle. Um, I don't even know what it means. I think it means, like, light the firecracker, light the rocket. Don't really know. But um, so Jim Jim stands up and sees me. And I don't, and he said nice to meet you, so I don't think he remembers that we met, which is obviously going to happen. I mean, if you're Jim Nance, you're meeting 5,000 people a year. If you play golf, you know who Jim Nance is. So, you know, it's just was incredible to um sorry that's a bus dropping off men with rolling suitcases and blazers. Um so, you know, talking to him for a minute there, uh he said, you know, I really grateful for all you do to grow the game and I hope you continue. And even as I say it now, it's almost like it didn't even happen. It was just absolutely incredible to to be a witness of and a um not just a spectator, to, to be a point of it all. was very wonderful and so we talked a little bit he said he said you should come up to the house and play some golf play play the par three and i was like well yeah i'd love to we should do a podcast and we'll do ace cam and he said what's ace cam what's ace cam i can't really do his voice and uh, i said well you know it's where we you know try to get a hole in one and um you know every par three we film it and uh he was very intrigued by the idea and he said well let's do it and i said great what's your cell phone number <laughs> i literally put him on the spot like i just was like you know what i'm just gonna ask yourself a number because i mean hey like what i mean what else do you have to do and he hesitated a little bit as i pulled my phone out and he just started reading me off his number and then i saved it as jim nance and then i texted him and i said nice to meet you jim And then later that night, he texted back. I'm going to read what he said. What did he say? Hang on. He said, Stand by. Wow. I can't believe his name's on my phone. Jim Nance. He said, Got it, Eric. Good to meet you! Exclamation point. Wow. Now I'm feeling very ashamed because I wrote, Jim, it's Eric. No punctuation. Wow, I need to—I should at least put a exclamation point in there. And he said, "Got it, Eric. Good to meet you!" Exclamation point. And then I have red receipts turned on, and I didn't respond because I don't want to bug the guy. I don't want to be up in his grill, so I just let it go. And um, anyway, that's the Jim Nance story. Very, very excited about that part of the week. And hopefully going to bring you an episode on YouTube of Adventures in Golf. Nope, that's not true. I'm distracted because I'm looking at some... I, put, I took some notes of things to talk about. Um, great. Yeah. And um, I, uh, I'm excited to bring you an episode of... Uh, I'm not even sure what we're going to do. I guess we're going to do like a podcast and we'll play golf at his house. It'll probably be after the Masters. I said, can we do it before the Masters? And he just said, that's going to be tough. And I could tell that it would be tough the way he said it. I was just like, you're right. That's going to be very tough. Let's not do that. Let's do something else. Let's do something that's not tough, Jim Nance. Um, So uh, I got to take a quick break. Hang on. Sorry, I had to take a quick coffee break. Because I only run on jet fumes. Love jet fuel. Love the smell of jet fuel. I think jet fuel is actually, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's, whoa. I think jet fuel is a gelatinous in its composition. Am I wrong about that? I just feel like when you spray jet fuel, it's not liquid. I feel like it's gelatinous. I could be totally wrong about that, and I should ask a pilot soon. Um, yeah, maybe if I see one today, um, I'll ask him, what is the consistency of jet fuel? Inquiring minds want to know, sir. Tell me what the, Excuse me. <laughs> imagine, imagine bursting into the cockpit upon... Um, Trying to find your seat. Excuse me. I just wondering what the consistency of jet fuel is. Is it gelatinous or liquid in nature? <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> what's the best emergency exit? <laughs> oh, that's a good question to know. Uh, you always want to know. It might be behind you, folks. So, <laughs> so make sure to turn around. Turn around. I'm gonna have to cut this short, folks. I think I might continue this uh, from my closet. We'll see. If this podcast has 30 minutes left, it means I continued it from the closet. If not, over and out, sayonara, amigos. And, uh, I'm going to go find Trent. We're going to do a great podcast. But there is more to talk about in the wrap-up in general of the PGI show. It has been a great pleasure and an honor to represent my country. In the PGA show, we have a new business. It is a putter aid. I can teach you how to putt like the pros. Um... What we do is we line up wood chips and we set them in a line and then you, the wood chips are from my company, they are not actual wood, they are magnets and they are actual asteroid, they are parts of the moon and these wood chips, we call them wood chips merely because it's like a golf thing but we use the wood chips to create a line and you put on top of the wood chips and it's very tricky because it throws it offline so you have to hit it at what we call in my home country ramming speed and so you hit the putt very hard way harder than you would actually hit it in real life but it teaches you the difficulty of golf and ultimately if you can make a putt with 500 bad bounces you could make a putt that sits through and this is great for the professional and great for the beginner. The asteroid bits, also known as wood chips, will be selling for $2.99 per piece. We recommend 72 pieces in the starter kit. So quick math tells me that's 2,100 shekels. And I don't know the current conversion rate for shekels and what your religious affiliations would be. But ultimately, for just $5,000, we'll call it, uh, you could be the best putter on earth, and honestly, I'm not sure why we are currently struggling. And I don't even have a booth at the PGA show, but I uh, have this—I have the the wood chips, as it were, in my bag, and I could sell them to you <laughs> right now. Okay, five thousand is too much. How about five hundred? Five hundred dollars? Okay, fifty bucks. <laughs> okay. Do you have any money on your Starbucks card? Because <laughs> I will take Starbucks money. Um, no? Okay. I, will you just get me an Uber to my hotel? <laughs> I will give you all my widgets an Uber to the hotel. <laughs> I apologize. I deeply apologize. All right. Much love, fellas. We'll see you soon. All right, guys. Got a read for you from Devereaux. As you know, I travel quite a lot, and I mean a lot. That's italicized, so I really am supposed to emphasize that second one. A lot. I need easy care and comfortable apparel to get me through my long trips. I just started wearing this brand that started in Arizona by two brothers called Devereux. D-E-V-E-R-E-U-X. I actually didn't know it started in Arizona, which is pretty cool. I'm excited to meet these guys because I do really dig their clothes. I like wearing them. The fabric, the design, the fit, it's all there. Anyway, these dudes are making apparel for a lifestyle exactly like mine, like yours Truly. Like your guy, Eric. Golf, travel, and kicking back. They design all their products with some type of performance feature. I don't know what it is. I'm going to dig into it at some point. But it adds stretch to each piece, and it keeps me comfortable, whether it's on the flight or on the course or at dinner afterwards. I feel kind of like a G rolling in with this Devereaux gear. Anyway, check them out, the Devereaux Brothers and their apparel, at DVRXthreads.com and use my name, Eric, E-R-I-K, at checkout to receive 20% off your first order. Again, it's DVRXthreads.com. You can also find them on Insta. Use my name, Eric, E-R-I-K at checkout to get 20% off your first order. Support the brands that support what we do. I think they're cool. You probably would too. The pants are also rad. Quarter zips, you know, whatever. Just just have a nuts at it. 20% off your first order, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, you could save some cash. If you spent some... All right, later. All right, I'm going to catch me now. We got uh, lit... Give me a second, all right? I'm about to do an ad read for Vice Golf. I don't even have a read, so this is a this is an ad lib. This is an ad-libbed, lib read. Anyway, Vice Golf, you all know I love the brand. Uh, they make a great golf ball, and there are things that I would tell you in person about the golf ball that I can't tell you in a public forum. But basically, the golf ball is amazing. Technically speaking, on tests, it performs as good or better than what we call, quote, the best golf ball on tour now the vice golf ball also has one cool thing which is that it's cool obviously the scripting is really sweet but beyond that as another cool thing I'm gonna keep pulling cool things out of this ball the second cool thing is that you can't get it in a pro shop so go online go to vicegolf.com and get your slick balls they've got all different types they've got the tour they've got the drive they got the pro they got the pro plus they've got different colors and you can also personalize less than uh, you can personalize I don't know what number you can personalize but you can personalize them whereas other brands don't let you personalize them except for once a year. So check out vicegolf.com. Get yourself some smooth and cool balls for the course, that is. Anyway, y'all, see you in the showers until the next ad read. Precision Pro, folks. I'm going to do an ad-libbed Precision Pro read. Here's the thing about Precision Pro. They're made by some great guys in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's got great design, and coming out soon, you're going to get a very special colorway of the NX9 Pro with Slope. Is that right? That's it. I got I got a thumbs up in the studio here that that's the exact rangefinder. Not only do you get free battery replacement for life, but you get Slope and you get laser. I mean, it is a laser. Laser sharp accuracy. And you get... I don't know. You just get to be part of something cool that I'm down with. So Precision Pro is great. Obviously, the family there in Cincinnati makes them good. We did an RGC there. If you haven't seen it, check out the video on the YouTube channel. We gave everybody a rangefinder. But stay tuned. Coming around April, we're going to be releasing a random golf club version of this rangefinder. It is the most beautiful rangefinder I've ever seen on planet Earth. And as you know, I haven't traveled any other planets yet. I've done a lot of countries and states and towns, continents, hemispheres. But I've never left the planet. And I was just talking to someone who said that that's on their bucket list. It's not on mine. I don't share that. But on this planet, the random golf club rangefinder will literally blow your mind, but it won't blow your wallet. The rangefinder for everyone, people. Enjoy it. All right, folks. Adidas. Adidas is pushing the boundaries once again in golf footwear. And if you've been counting, I I haven't been counting. It's a lot of times. But they're doing it again. So whatever many times it's been, it's add one. Uh, So you need to check this out. It's called the Code Chaos, all capitals. The footwear team let me know that this shoe was meant to break down traditional stereotypes and make a statement that there doesn't have to be one look for the sport when it comes to golf footwear. It's It's athletic and bold from a style standpoint, but this shoe is seriously packed with technology. It's spikeless, but beyond just being tested with guys like DJ and Xander, they did heat map studies heat map that means they know where you are right now they literally know and watch i'm telling you you're gonna get an ad for adidas footwear in your feed i'm telling you and i just it's not me i don't know if it's them it's probably xander not dj xander's got an x in his name so he's a little more sinister even though i would not i would probably feel more likely that dj would really he could he could do some damage with the club um to my face. So, to see how players shift their weight, they use this heat mapping technology to, to see where they, they shift their weight, but also where you are physically at this current moment uh, throughout the swing. So, anyway, with all that info, they created a new traction system called Twist Grip. Twist Grip. That's spelled the way it sounds. Anyway, so the players get the grip they need exactly where they need it. And this is an ad lib and when they need it. That's I just added that uh, it's waterproof waterproof is key let's get let's get honest folks if you want a waterproof shoe unless you live in the desert, you can wear sandals or moccasins, but for everybody else, you need the waterproof shoe so hit up the code chaos it's waterproof lightweight and obviously has the boost cushioning, which we all love there's even a high top boa version which I'm not sure I'm man enough to rock, but John rom is, but he's also He's very, very good at golf. We can all agree. These things are next level, so get yourself a pair. Head over to adidas.com slash code chaos. Spelled the way it sounds. Although the C-H in chaos is sounds more like a K. So it's C-O-D-E-C-H-A-O-S. And shop the styles and follow Adidas Golf on Instagram and Twitter for all the latest news from the Trois Stripes. That's three stripes, folks. All right, one more ad read. I'll probably do another one after this. Jones Go, folks. If you want the bag that I rock, it's the Jones sports bag. They got the player series. They got the original. What are the other? What's the other models they got? The stand bags. We're pulling it up in the studio, folks. But here's the thing. Jones, if you haven't seen the video on YouTube yet, please check it out. We went up there, visited with them. We designed a lot of cool stuff. We're going to be designing more stuff. We have two bags on the random golf club site that have the random golf club script on it. The utility trooper is the is the is the info i'm getting of the name of the other bag that i like it's got the stand it, it's got the stand bag i also i i mostly rocked the original which is based on a design from the 70s uh what's his name jones his name was mr jones mr jones and me now that guy got in a lot of trouble for some what's that taxi cabs. but the but the guy who sang the song mr jones he's no he's gotten a lot of trouble don't want to talk about him, but Mr. Jones—not that the song is written about—was a taxi driver in New York. He made a golf bag out of the upholstery in his taxi, and that's where Jones has come from. So they're obviously the comfortable shoulder strap on the original series is what I love. Got a lot of cargo space, and you got three pockets to hold all your clubs, and you look basically like a badass. You're, you're, you're. If you're, if you don't have a, if you don't have a significant other at the start of the round, you will have one at the end. Am I right? watch out it's, it's you know that's the studio here says get a jones bag i'm not going to say get laid but basically that's what's going to happen i mean I, I didn't say it you said it you heard it i didn't say it jones sports everybody love them taylor made folks i got to tell you the first golf clubs that ever went in my little old hands were taylor made burner oversize they had some crusty old grips that i redid myself at risk of my own fingertips with the razor, and I and I got high because there's. An, I don't know if you ever re-gripped your clubs, but you 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 become an an inhalant addict because you're putting like really noxious. Stuff. Don't don't grip your own clubs unless you really want to. Anyway, mad respect. Give me a fist bump whenever I see you. Like, I grip my own clubs. I put the grips on them myself. I said, how much did you say? I mean, you could save money. You save money because I think you put them on. It's like twenty bucks each, and you and you buy the grips yourself. It's like eight bucks. By the way, re gripping 14 clubs, I mean, that's like a lot. Go buy tailor instead. They come with grips. My favorite TaylorMade edition now, obviously, the Sim Max I'm playing is a monster club. One of the many things Tiger Woods have and I in common is playing the Sim, but also I really, I kind of love the wedges, the raw faced wedges, MG. I both love the high toe in matte black. I also have a matte black shaft. I know you didn't ask, but I went ahead and told you. Anyway, TaylorMade my favorite thing about TaylorMade beyond the incredibly performing equipment is the people that make this company up the the band of the band of brothers down here the band of sisters the family in Carlsbad really really gets behind what we do and that means it's important for you to get behind what they do so go support TaylorMade everybody and hit them straight or just don't just just hit them with TaylorMade though just get some just stop messing around with all the others hit them straight with TaylorMade but just hit TaylorMade at least i mean if you're not I mean just just go I mean what are you doing just pause the pod go on TaylorMade what's their website I don't even they don't even need a website just go find TaylorMade asap play. There should be what What I play I play the okay studio is asking me to play I play the P760s 4 through pitch then I've got the mild grind raw face 50 54 and 58 and then I rock I'm in between the gapper and the sim hybrid right now I play the two gapper uh, I've got a steel shafted six and a half Project X in that one. As with all the irons, and then on the driver I have the uh, Sim Max with a nine degree. I'm still working on getting my numbers on that. I don't really know. I got the ten and a half and the nine. We're gonna, gonna do a little experimentation. Maybe honestly, you know what? Whatever one I don't use, how about it's yours? How about that? We're gonna. I don't know how we're gonna manage this. Head over to the Instagram account. Get ready for the old giveaway of the a driver that I can't hit. <laughs> Anyway, TaylorMade's the family, folks. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you, you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the second half of the PGA show breakdown, as it were. Um, I am, believe it or not, far away from where we started the podcast. Not only is it nighttime, it is days later, and I am back in Los Angeles in my former office, current closet, uh, storage unit. I've got a suitcase ripped open, a bunch of clothes draped around it, getting ready for the next trip. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, just just finishing off where where we left off, which was watching PGA professionals and exhibitors enter the great uh, hall, as it were, the uh, Orange County Convention Center. Anyway, you know, not not the great stories have all been told. I'll be totally honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if this second half is five minutes. Um, but you know, I'm uh, I'm still committed to uh to to doing that second half Let, let's see what else even happened <clears throat> oh i know what happened the random golf club visited winter park the wonderful little nine hole course that could keith rebb and riley johns machinella and the mayor over there of winter park wonderful little neighborhood and sort of i think it's in the city of orlando anyway we had a a wonderful afternoon uh, 50 of y'all came out and we, and we played golf as a 50 some, and I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before the, uh, the experience of going out and doing that type of work for me is very valuable and, and work is not really the right word. It's, it feels more like, uh, it's obviously a party, but, um, you know, it, uh, it came together. And we had some uh, some great fun, and you know, it's the funniest thing. The take, the best, most interesting takeaway I have is that they're all different. Each event is completely different. It's got its own, you know, uh, obviously beginning, middle, and end, but but it's got its own, you know, its own characters, right? And 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 I don't know, really, the diff You know, it's it, as we travel around, we look at the differences wherever we end up you know and architecture is an easy way to see it the smells the language the currency <clears throat> the type of food obviously another great uh man in this sort of field uh went around and, and dealt with food around the world and and we do it with golf and and golf isn't quite as varied as food or other things but but golf has all of those other things in it right you've got you know, different languages, but in within the United States where golf is the most prevalent, 18,000 of our 30,000 worldwide courses take place in America. Um, so it's an American game, maybe by numbers, obviously, in spirit, it's a worldwide game. Um, but Winter Park, you showed us a great time. It was the perfect layout. We played nine holes in about two and a half hours with 50 people. And um, no one got a hole in one. I a lot of people came close i came pretty close i pretty if i do say so myself um and it was just a magical afternoon um and uh we teed off with um the lead tee off was richard who's a member there of the uh of the winter park golf course and his wife natalie they're members of the course and they're also hickory golfers so they play with the hickory clubs as you saw from uh, Season 3 of Adventures in Golf up in Belvedere. And they uh, welcomed us all, and Greg, the uh, director of golf, welcomed us. And my partner for the day, because as you know, we play uh, as a 50-some, and on par 4s and 5s, that means we play alternate shots. So you pick a partner that you don't know, and then on par 3s, we all hit. And my partner was uh, Brandon, who had been playing golf for six months, and that's how... We determine the guests. There is who's been playing golf the least amount of time, because in my opinion, you may have heard this before in another episode. The newest golfer is the most important golfer on the course. They know the least. They are the most maybe. That uh, fragile is not really the right word, but you know they're the they're the, they're the they're the they they have the most to gain from the game potentially, in my opinion, and they also may be the first to leave. They might just say, "You know, this isn't for me." And that's kind of where the welcoming spirit of random golf club really takes part. And as always, my favorite part of the night is the end, not because I'm, you know, I, I don't want it to end, but the, but the, the, there's something about the ending. We all realize that the window of opportunity is closing to say what we want to say, um, you know, to get a phone number or whatever it is, get a photo with each other, you know, and those that after the ice has all been broken and melted, And we're coming down the last hole. That's when it really becomes the community that I crave, you know, and that I desire to kind of, you know, create with these events. Um, You know, I'm just a sojourner. I come and go and, you know, we come back maybe. And, you know, it's kind of like I'm just doing as much as I can right now. We're trying to do as much work as we can to just set these up and get them rolling. Um, You know, that's just really the thing that inspires me most. So that was very special. Um, And, uh, you know, within that event, I mean, we met a kid from Denmark uh, who was on a, you know, uh, student abroad, study abroad. I I didn't study very much ever. So I can't really, I I am abroad, but I don't study. So anyway, no, I study, but you know, it's different. Um, And just, uh, you know, There was actually we did the uh, podcast with Brandle Chambly in the morning on Saturday, and that was a uh, a really fun experience. And I put out a call saying, "Hey, if you have any uh, questions for the podcast, let me know, and I'll 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 shoot you a hat." And uh, the question that I chose was, you know, Brandle, what's the how was the transition from being a amateur to a pro and then from being a pro to a broadcaster and I thought that was a good question and I asked Brandon he said that's a good question I said well there you go Mateo from none other than Winter Park had uh, issued the question and he was already he'd already gotten his ticket to come to the Randall Golf Club event so that was great to see him there and be like yo thank you for the question I mean that's really the like when we look at Golf is a is a, is a, is a vehemently local sport, right? Like we 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 have our club, we play with our friends, we play locally, right? We 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 manage that all in our neighborhood. We have our favorite courses, and then sometimes we travel. Obviously, I'm a, in a bit of, in my, my golf life is a bit unusual because most of my golf takes place outside of my county. Most of my rounds are not in my home state. A lot of my rounds are not even in my home country. So, you know, I, I'm kind of out there on the edge, lonely, uh, you know, vestige of the game, just sort of waking up in the wee hours with jet lag and and stumbling to that first tee, uh, you know, and wondering where, where is the fairway? <laughs> but, you know, they, we, I, the feeling of being welcomed into these communities is, is rather impressive it it's it's beyond a uh it's 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 hard to describe it right it's it just sort of enters into this space of feeling impressed with 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 um with what we can do together and ultimately that's where you know the the satisfaction comes i think from everybody when they leave a random golf club event and I will keep pushing. I, we will keep doing more. We've got events um, set for Phoenix. I am not. I don't know. This episode should. I would have wanted this episode to come out Monday. But we've got the Jim Fish podcast. So you may have already heard that. We'll probably put this out middle of next week during the waste management. And um, But, you know, we've got events planned in L.A. Uh, February 9th. We haven't really announced it yet. But we're going to be doing it at Penmar. A large group. And hopefully we're going to be able to accomplish a live podcast, which would be really fun. And then, uh, the next after that, I don't know, but that's four and five weeks, which is a high frequency. That's a lot of RGC for not a lot of weeks. And then, uh, we're definitely going to do one at every major. So masters, we're probably going to go to Aiken. I should probably call them and figure that out. Um, what a great spot. And then, um, PGA, we're going to be up in San Francisco, obviously love that city. And uh, we'll be doing, I think, Fleming, the little par 3 course within the uh, Harding Park golf community there. And then we are going to go to, obviously, the Open. And, uh, well, first we're going to go to the U.S. Open uh, in New York. And I'm not really sure where we're going to do it there. There's some courses up in uh, near Wingfoot. Or we could do it at Mashaloo in the middle of the city. I don't really know. And then, obviously, the Open. Uh, my friends over there, Allie, uh, who owns the Prince's Club, just got a text um, from Tony working on some art for the uh, Arizona RGC. Um, anyway, then we're going to do the uh, the uh, the Royal Saint George's is a, is where the Open is going to be this year, and it's sandwiched right next to uh, Royal Sink Ports, which held the British Open, an Open, and Prince's which also held an open so there's three courses have all held opens and they all border each other kind of like Shinnecock and uh, National or kind of like all the five courses at Bethpage Um, or Woodley Lakes Balboa and Encino if you're an LA guy Uh, so that is really special because Allie and her husband and her family own the Prince's Hotel, and they've got us set up to do an RGC at Prince's Saturday of the Open. So there will be world championship golf taking place at Royal St. George's, and then right across the gravel road we'll be just hunkered down doing an RGC over there at uh, at, Saint, at Prince's. So that's really exciting. And then as the you know year continues on, as we do Adventures in Golf in South America and Vietnam, we'll do them there. I'm not sure how big they'll be. It could be just uh, you know, a handful. And that's awesome too, you know. I think the idea here is that we just sort of keep learning. I and I always treat every endeavor as like a just a great opportunity to make a huge mistake and just see what we can get out of it. It's almost like it's almost like, you know, I, I'm just like, let's just get on the road, right? We we cannot in any way figure out what's gonna happen, right? We can't we can't guess what we're going to get as far as learning comes from these events or production or, I mean, you know, we built a lot of this stuff, the YouTube channel and the Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook and, you know, everything like that. It, it, it not, it, it, and this is obviously true. You know, this, but it was never like a corporate sort of entity like, Oh, okay. We need an agency. We need a, um, You know, uh, this and that. We need, um, you know, a, uh, you know, consultant and, you know, ad dollars and media spend. I mean, it was literally just like, well, this is interesting. Let's see what this, let's throw this up there. And it's the same with RGC. And, you know, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I don't want the random golf club events to be too slick. You know, and this was a little more slick. We had merch. We had a little rack to show the merch. We had a little price sheet so people knew how much things cost. And I was like, "Ah, this feels like fucking Nordstrom's. You know what I mean? Like. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's like it's like I'm a little shy of that, you know, but at the same time, it's like, well, whatever. I mean, it's like, you know, we've learned that you're going to ask these questions. And so now when we arrive before the event, I kind of know the questions that are going to be asked. For example, how are we going to play 50 people on one hole? And so we run through that, and we run through the, you know, oh, don't don't hit anybody with a golf ball is a huge thing to let people know they need to not do. Actually, someone did hit a car at Winter Park. And, um, I mean, it's a tight little track. Like, there's the the road in the city is right there on the edge of the property. So, yeah, when someone hit the car, it was on the second tee. And um, everybody was holding their breath, watching the ball head right towards this white Volkswagen Jetta. Brand-new car. And... <laughs> He just took him down, just right on the hood. And I immediately was like, Oh, here we go. This is, and this is where we run into problems. But you know, um, technically speaking, we had a lawyer on site who said, it's not our problem. That's the risk you run from driving by a golf course. Who knew, uh, that would, um, that would, that would piss me off to be totally upfront. And the thing is I would need to just take it as it comes because as a golfer, right? It's like, well, I guess I could have done the same thing. It's kind of like pay it forward. I guess. I don't know, but they did not stop. So there was no, um, there was no legal action pursued, but I, uh, was worried there would be. And, um, you know, so the whole like orientation and the whole understanding of how the process works is all really important, and uh, you know, we just keep learning, so that's great. And I don't, you know, I, I I'm I'm uh, I'm not afraid to make mistakes. Uh, I think that's key, right? I, I I know that the definition, the etymology, rather, of the word perfect, actually, in regard it. it, it it relates to the um the uh the quality of something being finished right perfect is just saying this is done it's not saying this is without mistakes or without faults or without potential for improvement or without you know uh certain realities that caused us to not make it in the way that we might have made it had we had more time more money more people whatever it is so perfect It just means finished 18 holes. You played your round. You're done. No matter what you shot, it is perfect. It is finished. So that really struck me when I learned that, uh, years ago, because in golf, you know, you really want to experience perfection. You want a flush drive right in the fairway. You want a flush iron, Five feet short, right of the pin. You want that little uphill left, right to left putt, and you want it to go inside of the cup, and you want to make a birdie, and that I am assuming is perfection. But we don't really get that very often. And I watch the people on TV, and they don't get that very often. I mean, I watch John Rahm hack it out of the ravine at Torrey like uh, like old uh, like old AL over here. So you know, I don't know. I mean, I think you know one of those definitions of perfect is ultimately very much looking at you know why why do we want it to be perfect you know why do we care is it it's ego ultimately i'm assuming but we could just let it go i mean the truth is the the is funny because i don't at the random golf club events it's not really about how you play i mean you want to hit a good shot you got a lot of people watching you don't want to just duff it. You don't want to heal it. You don't want to top it. You don't you don't want to chunk it and watch it go five feet. But it's going to happen. Inevitably, it's going to happen, and that is okay. Um, I hit some of the worst shots I've hit in the last calendar year, uh, not just at an event, but in my life during this during this event. I think I cold topped like four of them, and you know, I mean. It's like it's up to me to set the example of just sort of letting it go. But I'll be damned if it didn't bug the hell out of me. Um, but, you know, that's fine. That's just what it is. So, you know, I, um, I definitely I def- it definitely burned me a little bit. Like I was like, okay, that burns. But watching that happen and, you know, that's the kind of thing about golf is like we can talk about this. I can literally do a podcast about how golf is not a game of perfect. um, um, Bob Rotella can write a book with that title and obviously I'd be stealing because he wrote his book first Dr. Joe Parent can write a book about results are not really the the thing to be looked at in golf it's about the process we all know these things yet somehow I and I think you too if I know you I think we all go to golf to experience this we all end up literally signing up for the same curriculum every time we play. And it's a reminder, a repeating, an evolving and uh, yet totally same experience of, Oh, right. This shot is over. It's already happened. I'm upset. How am I going to deal with that? I need to move on and hit the ball again. And I want to do it. Well, is it, Is it better to do it if I'm angry or is it better to do it if I'm happy and and grateful and and just energy focused on the present moment and being here because in the present moment there is no former shot there there is no last shot the ball is just here however it got here we don't know the truth is you could have it a flush shot that hit a bird and then got knocked there anyway. So this idea that we're a bad golfer, that our ego is stuck in this and that, or that we shouldn't be here. I mean, this all goes back to the video that we posted last year that says, watch this before you play golf. About the, based on the Jocko podcast, good. Oh, your mission got canceled? Good. We've got time to focus on another one. Oh, your your firearm isn't working? Good. You've got a chance to use another tool, right? I mean, it's the idea that no matter what, Happens to us or what we create good, we've got the chance to literally present a positive mindset on solving a problem because ultimately our life is just a series of problems to be solved. And that's not pessimistic, that's just the reality. We get to choose what problems we want to solve, more or less. Do I want to solve problems to do with the law? Okay, I'm going to go be a lawyer or a paralegal or a judge or whatever. Do I want to solve problems with crime, with people who are struggling with drug addiction, with people who are struggling with um, taxes, right? You know, we, we, do I like math? Okay, well, then I would like to solve problems that have to do with math. Well, for me, I like people and I like being outside and I like this individual sport, the game of golf that we play together. It's a strange game that we walk through with blinders on, really. We go into the course with blinders on, like, like, like old, um, Sea biscuit, You know, we roll into the golf course with these blinders on and we forget that there's lots of other people there that are also interested in playing the same game. And by golly, we might have something in common no matter what the differences are. That's why I really don't want to talk to you about politics, because all politics does is divide us and all religion does is divide us. And a lot of divisive conversation is not really what I'm interested in doing. I don't care. I don't care how different we are. I don't like debating. I don't really care how different we are. Unless it's a cultural difference that we can agree on and we can say, that's interesting that you do it this way. That's interesting that you do it that way. We do it this way, which that there's no bet who knows which way is better. But, you know, I mean, that's really why, you know, it's like it's kind of like the golf brands out there. You know, what I mean it's like it's like there's a ton of there's a ton of clubs you can buy. And to some extent. What brand of clubs you buy does kind of put you into a group, a category of those subset of you. Oh, I'm like this guy. I'm the guy that plays this club. I play this brand of clubs, right? I'm this kind of guy. I'm a classic American guy. Oh, I'm a young guy. I like the color orange. Oh, I'm like a, I like I like I like performance, you know? Oh, I like handmade. Oh, I like the Japanese kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, but ultimately, We Those are not in any way how we define ourselves and who we are and what we do. I think it's much bigger than that. And I see that happening at Random Golf Club on the events. And I see some discomfort on the first hole because it's so freaking foreign to people, right? It's so unusual that we would all just show up and have to introduce ourselves to people. Because on some level, the level of openness that's demanded from living this life is i think higher than i ever wanted to have and then once you jump in the ice cold water is invigorating but until you do that it's terrifying and i don't want to do it and actually that was the best comment the best one of the best moments i had at the pga show aside from interviewing trent jones robert trent jones's son and uh robert trent jones jr's son and robert trent jones the Original first, I don't know how you say it. Grandson, you know the uh, just hundreds of beautiful golf properties and courses around the world. Spyglass, notwithstanding, one of my favorites. Uh, Trent and I talked. That was one of my favorite moments. You'll you'll hear the pod. You're gonna love it. It's it's just a banger. Just a just a solid. He is our guy. You know what I mean? Just shows up in a Patagonia shirt with clogs and a Casio. Just like just repping. Just repping. Difficult mud golf greens plumbing drainage flags, cups fescue zoysia poana bermuda rye dormancy i mean runoff he's just he's just deep in the golf game to a degree that you cannot dispute his level of uh, all encompassing 10 fingers in this shit you know and that was for me a highlight because this guy lives it he doesn't talk it he doesn't show it he lives it and that for me was really exciting but one of the other highlights of the PGA show was guy comes up to me doesn't even stop walking he says cold showers changed my life <laughs> and i was like dude that's that is so inspiring you know and really the, the the i think i already said this on the first half of the podcast but it was yesterday that we started that one or 2 days ago and i have since forgotten everything we talked about but those of you that came up to me at the PGA show and said, thanks for the podcast. Honestly, that is so much fuel for me to keep going because the podcast for me is fun, right? It, I enjoy doing it. It's a great time. It is like, it's just like a, the a real way of connecting. So if you, if you said that, thank you so much. If you feel that, if you're still listening, thank you. Um, and uh, I'm going to go, I got to finish some salt and vinegar chips. I got to pack a suitcase and tomorrow I'm not sure when this episode is going to air, but tomorrow I'm going to wake up. What is it? It's 7 p.m. in Los Angeles right now. I'm going to wake up at 5.30 a.m. And I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out. I'm going to focus mostly on mobility and flexibility. I'm not going to do a lot of weightlifting. I'm going to go over to UGP over there on Sepulveda. And then I'm going to I'm going to hammer a coffee after that. And then I'm going to come back home. I'm going to take an ice cold shower. Then I'm going to get dressed. I got my outfit all picked out. I'm going to wear, I got a pair of uh, tan vineyard vines, five pocket pants. Love those, love those people. Then I got a, uh, what shirt am I going wear? I'm going to wear a link sole uh, golf shirt with a little pocket, nice little collar. Um, probably throw on a little sweater over that, you know, because it might be kind of chilly tomorrow, because what I'm going to do tomorrow is I'm going to head over to Riviera in advance of the Genesis Open, and I'm going to attempt for the fourth time, four times, the fourth time, folks, I am going to try to break ninety. And I've got a good feeling it's gonna happen. I've got all the kit ready to go. Everything's set up. And we've we're gonna we're gonna really, you know, just take it. I think I'm gonna watch Be the Ball tonight, the movie that you haven't seen because it's not out yet. And I'm just gonna watch a movie that I made that I'm in. But it's about the mental side of golf and how the result is not the most important part. So I'm gonna try to break ninety, but I think what I'm really gonna try to I got to come up with another uh you know, purpose. I guess maybe I need to find another purpose. I just pictured that first tee shot on one little cut driver, and then I got a three wood into the green. We're good. Maybe even maybe even a three iron. We'll see. I don't know. But anyway, much love to you guys. See you in the showers. Hopefully they're cold and wet. Okay, that was disgusting. It's too late now. All right, enjoy the mower. Enjoy the sh- enjoy the car. Enjoy the train. Enjoy the boosted board. Enjoy the skateboard. Enjoy the bicycle. Enjoy the golf cart. Um, but most importantly, enjoy your life because you only get one. Oh, fucking R.I.P. Kobe. Jesus, man. I show up to my house. Uh, we landed in L.A. at ten o seven a.m. this Sunday, and I guess I guess his helicopter crashed about twenty minutes after that. We were in the same airspace almost, and um, man, I got home and I was home for an hour. About eleven thirty, heard the news, and I'm not—I'm not a huge basketball fan. I don't—I never really saw Kobe play, um, but it's the idea that he was forty-one, and yeah, I'm thirty-nine. I'll be thirty-nine next week. Life half-lived, really. As much as he accomplished, there was so much more. You feel—you feel like he could have really done a lot. In hindsight, I I read about some of the stuff today and I noticed that he talked a lot about to LeBron about growing the game, which I thought was interesting because that's really important to me as much of, you know, cliche people say it is within golf and ultimately in golf, that's kind of a corporate phraseology, but I believe that it's important one-to-one obviously, different thing. And he also wrote in the Players' Tribune a piece called Deer Basketball. And I didn't know about that when we created Deer Golf. Um it was just sort of a coincidence. And I thought, man, we 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 had something in common. We We saw the same things here. And so, I'm not really fit to offer any tribute to the man. But I think that if I was going to say to you anything about this, that like I said, I don't really know anything about him from a biographical standpoint. But if there's anything to take away from it, it's that, you don't know when your life is halfway over. So get up early. Take the cold shower. Call someone you haven't spoken to in a while. Say sorry if you need to. Pick up your fucking golf ball. Smile. And move on to the next hole. And treat it as the opportunity that it is. Because the opportunity only exists if you, if you lay it out there. If we go through golf and life with our eyes closed, man, it'll be over before we know it and we'll regret most of it. But the idea here is that we can literally move into each step with intention, purpose, gratitude, open-mindedness, and a welcoming nature. And obviously we don't go quite that deep in every random golf club event, but I think we all get it. And I think we all, we, 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 we behave it. We don't talk about it. We just do it, and I think we all see it. But it's a constant thing. It's every breath we remind ourselves these things. So hopefully you're having a struggle-free life and you're healthy and happy. And if you're not, I wish that that difficulty is overcome sooner rather than later. Oh, life is this challenging, challenging tale. What is the what is the Shakespeare quote? Let's see if I can find it. It's the shortest quote on earth. I should have remembered it. Life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury Signifying nothing. Yikes. That's that, And then underneath it, the tags are despair, futility, hopelessness. <laughs> you know what? Fuck that quote. Hang on a sec. All right, here's two. I Googled inspiring life quote. This is how we end the podcast, folks. I got a couple. Here's a good one. Those who realize their folly are not true fools. Booyah! I love that one because vi- I make a lot of mistakes. Get them out of the way. Get them out of the way. And then the other one I like is, it's better to be a lion for a day than a sheep all your life. All right, everybody have a great week. Stay tuned, stay in touch. Let me know. Uh, we're going to be in your city soon and we're going to try to put together on the random golf club website, uh, sign up for the mailing list there. If you want to get advance notice of the RGC events, because they do sometimes sell out sometimes and you never know. And, uh, you know, you want to figure out when we put out the new merch and stuff like that. But, uh, We will be in your spot. Chicago, I think, was voted uh, number one from that post, so we will definitely be there. Um, Enjoy your round, folks. See you in the clubhouse. And maybe maybe just the clubhouse for now. Turkey Club will be great. Just the extra crispy bacon and well-done fries. And a Coke, please. That's what I would like. (laughs) All right.